So let's talk about newborn vision. You know, those first few weeks, they cannot see very far and it's all kind of fuzzy. Uh, That's kind of my state of being. I am one point away from being legally blind in one eye and completely legally blind in the other um, without corrective lenses, which are very thick. So I think now I'm just going to say I have the proper vision of a newborn. It's youthful, folks. That's what this is. Yeah, they can't see and they love the contrast. And you know, Laura, when you and I go into a consult, And we swaddle that baby up for the first time and they're still kind of getting used to it. If you have a fan that is a different color, you know, like the dark fan blades against a white ceiling and you put that on low, somehow their eyes just kind of begin to track that when the ceiling's not too high. They just really see that contrast and we'll do the little baby Ferris wheel, which is a way you can go in the free videos and, and see what that magic is. But their vision just catches that contrast and that can be a really helpful way to help, you know, the baby settle down a little bit, give them something to kind of concentrate on, which is fascinating. And, you know, usually right there in those first few weeks, we're really talking about 10 to 12 inches from their faces when it's clear. It's not that they can't see past that. It's just that kind of fuzzy out of focus. But by eight weeks of age, Jennifer, it is so much fun. How many times have we been in consults and we're on the changing table with that little sweet six to eight week old and you watch them catch on and lock on to your face and they just start to watch and and they're almost in awe and it's just really so cool as they begin to focus on those those objects. And they'll start to kind of get a little further and a little further out as they get older. And do you know, this was just fascinating, fascinating. Their eyesight is at adult levels by 12 months of age. But we don't want it like your adult level, I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> I went backwards somewhere. I don't know where that happened. But, <laughs> um, but you know, one of the things that I was thinking of when you were talking about, you know, being in those consults and, and, they, and they regard your face for the first time, sometimes they'll have that first little smile, like around, you know, six to eight weeks as well. They'll get this little smirk and you're like, they smiled, you know, they smiled at me. And it's like, no, actually they farted, but it also produces what looks like a smile. And (laughs) I like to, I like, especially for the dads be like, yes, I don't know if you're happier that they smiled at you or happier that, you know, we made a joke about it. Dads are so much fun in consults, but um, yeah, they can see you and they can smile at you and all these amazing things are happening with their bodies. And at 12 months of age. I guess they finally see like you do, Laura, clear and far. And it is so, so sweet. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. (laughs) 
So there was a show that used to be called Kids Say the Darndest Things. And oh my gosh, it was the most fun show ever. And I had that experience just the other day. I was in line and trying to get a couple of things. And there was this family right in front of me. And it was a little five-year-old girl and her two-year-old brother, a three-year-old brother sitting in the buggy and then the mom. And the little girl is wanting to get something to hold her over until dinner. And so she's like, mom, can I have something? Can I just eat this to hold me over until dinner? And the mom's like, no, you've, you've had a snack. You'll be fine. And so a little bit of time goes by and this cutest little boy ever sitting in this buggy says, mama, can I have something to grow me up? And I just about died. There's a problem solver in that <laughs> little buggy right there. <laughs> it was these, can I have something to just grow me up? And then a few minutes later, I was like, okay, this has kind of been on his mind because a few minutes later, they were talking about these bunk beds that are going to be at this condo they're going to stay at, at the beach house that belongs to their grandparents. And and so the older daughter, the older sister says, you know, you can't stay in the top bunk bed because you're not big enough. And I mean, tears came up in that little three-year-old's boy's face. And and she's like, you're, you're getting bigger every day. You're getting bigger every day. And so she was trying to make him feel better, you know, but watching them engage just it was so sweet. And I tell you, it want, I, I want it to jump back to when my kids were that age because it was such a sweet moment watching her love her little brother and try to help him know that it was going to be okay. And he was getting bigger. And But that brings me back to, you know, hey, mama, can I have something to just grow me up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and in today's... <laughs> climate, when there's so many things to concentrate on and think about, kids come up with the funniest thing. It's like a respite. It's just like this reminder. Silliness still exists in the world. It is pouring out of the oh, actions gosh. and mouths of these little kids faster than we can keep up with it. We want you to make a little book of it, though, because you know that's hard. Maybe put it in your notes, in your phone, because you just because you think you're going to remember it, but you don't always remember all the really funny, clever things that come out of your kid's mouth. And just keeping a little record of that, like if you're having a bad day, you can remember some of these little things that came out. One of my favorites, my oldest was probably five. We're in my mom's church. It was a small church in North Carolina. And the pastor starts reciting this scripture and Grayson starts reciting it out loud with him. And I'm having a proud mom moment. Like, oh, I didn't even yeah. know this kid had memorized to me scripture, but he knew it. And he stood up. I mean, he was just <laughs> so proud of himself. I'm like, what is going on? Anyway, so the scripture verse that the pastor was saying is, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Except the end that Grayson said out loud was... He said the beginning, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exhausted. <laughs> was the word hey. And the whole church, like 25 people, right? They were all laughing. That's an accurate statement. Right? 
<laughs> they just sat down and I'm like, what? What just happened? Such cute little phrases. And sometimes you come up with your own, you know, as well. So you can put some of your funny phrases in there. Um, we were throwing footballs at the side of the house. You know, I have three boys. So there was a lot of throwing of all varieties, but I do like to throw a football. I'm a football fan. So I'm throwing the football and Hamilton's running and he's like, write in the numbers, mom, throw it to me, write in the numbers. But I threw it a little lower than I should have. And <laughs> his immediate response, and he's probably like eight, and he's like, not in the numbers of grandchildren you're not going to have, mom, in the numbers on my jersey. I was like, okay, babe. Oh, I got it. It was, it was my skills that were lacking. <laughs> One of my favorites with my kids was, you know, little handsome. So I go into parent-teacher conference, okay, and she's like, Miss Hunter, you know, I needed to let you know. And there were two separate inc- incidences, but one, I need to let you know that, you know, in class the other day, Brent kind of came up and asked if I wanted him to get another beer to go in my koozie. <laughs> I'm like, no. What? She's like, I just wanted to make sure you know that I'm not in case he said something. I I just, I put my Coke, my Coke goes in my koozie, you know, on my desk. But Brent was going to make sure that he got a beer for her koozie in front of the whole class. And, you know, so I just rolled. Of course, I'm sure I turned like 10 shades of red. And and then she, and, and same teacher. And I don't know if it was that conference or maybe one, you know, that second parent conference or what have you. And she's like, Laura, she says, I'm telling you, if I even raise my voice a tiny bit to tell Brent, if I'm going to get on to Brent, says, if I am anywhere near him, he will put his hands on either side of my cheeks and kiss me right on (laughs) Which is why we have to watch this kid. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So right before she could even finish her sentence of getting on to him, she, he was going to distract her with, you know, with a big old kiss playing it right <laughs> on the mouth. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, gosh. So the boys helped with FCA here in Atlanta and in middle school. And one of my boys was um, the speaker that day. So he's speaking and talking and giving his testimony. And our pastor was in the audience and I'm sitting next to our pastor. And I I think it was Blake and Blake's going on. And he's like, you know, he says, I just really never felt it when I'd go to church and listen to my hundred year old pastor go on and on and on. And I'm just like, I look and I I mean, I had no clue that was going to come out of his mouth, you know, and I just look over at Craig and I just shrugged like, oh, well, buddy, sorry. I mean, it's these kids are something else. Yeah, they'll embarrass you if they get the chance. They really will. <laughs> we at school when they were going over, you know, what do what do your parents do? Day, my kid said, my mom keeps a bag of babies in her trunk, <laughs> and 
And he was right. And you did. He was right. <laughs> I, I did. I taught CPR at the time and I did have a duffel bag full of baby mannequins that I would take with me. So when I got there to pick them up that day, the teacher was like, oh, your kids are so funny. They told me to keep a bag of babies in your trunk. And I was like, well, I do. And I just kind of let it sit there for a minute. You know, you have a relationship with your teachers. And she's, right. as it got a little bit more and more uncomfortable, I, I explained it more fully. And uh, I think they told their teacher one time that I wrote a book on how you make babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, maybe how you take care of babies. That would be a little different <laughs> than making babies. Although, we do say we love to have some routine and have babies that sleep through the night can make make our families remember why they made babies and how they made babies in the first place. Yes. So there is some truth to that statement. Right. It's our contribution, <laughs> making more babies in the world and having moms and dads sleeping together in the same room. That also helps. We can arrange all of that. And we have partnered with so many families and their stories and the stories they tell us and dads in a consult are hilarious. They just bring the fun. And especially like when you have to teach them and you're training them, like here's how you would take, you know, a temperature. That's always one of my favorites. If you have to take a rectal temperature, just remember, like stand back because poop flies out this end. (laughs) Don't stand too close. And by all means, don't leave your mouth open. Look from afar. And they just think that's the funniest thing ever. And, you know, helps them participate in that. And it just kind of takes some of the anxiety out of having to do a few of those things, that little bit of humor. But yes, as we all know, poop does fly out of that part. And, you know, it is amazing how far it can go. And those are great stories. I've got a story. So this was back when you didn't take pictures yourself. And most people didn't come to your house to do photo shoots. You went to Sears or you went to Olin Mills and to get pictures done, your family pictures done. So... Allison was born on November 30th. You know, that was right around Christmas time. And I wanted to get a Christmas card done, you know, because, hey, why not take a two-week-old to Sears? Because the baby acne is going to break out the day before you go get the picture taken, just so we're clear how that happens. Yeah, it is going to happen, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So, We load up the family. It's, you know, Kayla and Allison and Jim and I, and we go to Sears to take these beautiful family pictures, right? So I'm sitting on the floor, have a mat out, and I'm changing Allison because, you know, of course she had had a little bit of of poop, breastfed poop, you know, just has to be changed because it can fill up pretty quickly. So I'm changing her right there, laying on this mat. And when I tell you I lifted her legs up to wipe her bottom, she shot poop right past me and hit the wall. It had to have gone five feet. I don't know what kind of pressure had (laughs) built up in there. And I can remember thinking, I cannot believe this just happened. Here we got yellow seedy poop dripping down the wall at Sears. It was the biggest mess ever. So not only do kids say the darndest things, they do some pretty funny things. They'll poop on the darndest things. (laughs) Or pee out the back door or 
Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Grayson peed in the parking lot of the Home Depot. I went to go with the twins in the car seat. This late older lady comes up to me and she's like, um, does he belong to you? And I'm looking over and he's just like, like enjoying it, just having a field day. And I'm like, no, I don't know who that kid belongs to. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's mine. Absolutely mine. Let's put that away. Get in the car, son. Shall we? One of my favorites is, um, I hope he's not listening, my nephew. We won't mention his name. <laughs> went to the Home Depot when he was younger. We won't. Don't say it. I'll be in so much trouble. And so he was going down the aisles. He was, you know, probably three or four potty trained. But he's going down the aisles. And, you know, they have those toilets. And they're kind of, you know, displayed. Oh, like Lowe's yeah. or Home Depot? Yeah. And they're at an angle. But they were, like, displayed so you can see the different ones. Well, my sister and her husband go down a different aisle and then they kind of come back to find him. Well, he just popped a squat on that toilet. He's like, how convenient. You could pick any of these. And he pooped in the display toilet. (laughs) It's like, you don't have any toilet paper. You're just like, pull your pants (laughs) up. But clean up on aisle 11 just (laughs) got a whole lot more mysterious. That is so, okay. (laughs) Sorry, whoever that was (laughs) to clean that up. We got to find sometimes that that laughter is life giving. And I had the best time. I just spent a few days with Patrick, one of our twins, and just him and I, which was just so much fun. And we laughed. And so, if nothing else, I want to encourage people to just sometimes you just got to shrug your shoulders and laugh through. Uh, some of the things that happen in the day-to-day. So find the laughter because you know what? That just makes everything better. One of our favorite things to do is to answer your questions together. Nothing brings us more joy than giving advice and guidance and most importantly, supporting new parents just like you. So don't be shy. If you have any question, anything at all, call us at 888-234-7979 and we will try to answer your questions on this podcast. My name is Sarah. I live in Laguna Beach, California. I have a 21-month-old who will be two in October and I'm bringing my next baby home in October. And these two, given that we live in a tiny place, will be sharing a room. And Moms on Call worked so well for my first baby, and I'm so nervous about doing it with two, room sharing. Can you please go over any tips for room sharing? When should I put the babies together? All of that. I am planning to use a mini crib next to my bed for the first little bit just to get them used to the crib and then hopefully roll it on over whenever you all say it's time. But I would love help, you know, under two, just barely shared room. Any tips? Thanks so much. Bye. The great news, Sarah, is they learn to coexist. So, you know, yes, we want them in your room until we're pretty much sleeping through the night. So somewhere between that eight and 12 week mark, uh, once you start to get to that point, then we can definitely move them uh, over into that other room. 
And especially since you said you have the mini crib. The mini crib is really safe, but we want that to be as far away from the kitchen of their favorite restaurant, which is you, um, in your room when they're there as possible so that that's not distracting them and waking them up more than, you know, they typically would be in a separate environment. But we can totally do it that way. So try and just get them as far away as possible. Follow the mom's on-call guidelines and then When that baby that is born in October, right around maybe Christmas, I don't know, it could be Valentine's Day, but probably around Christmas, your present's going to be, you get to move them into the same room together. And one of the biggest things that when we make that transition to know is we don't save the quiet one. We actually help them do exactly what Laura was saying at the beginning is we help them to learn to adjust and accommodate each other. And sometimes that's a little noisy at first and that's okay. And it's actually really great for both of them. And it helps to plant those very first seeds of accommodation for a sibling. Then they start to accommodate classmates, then a community. So it's really, really the beginning of something beautiful. Hi, my name is Lauren and I'm from Dallas, Texas. And my child is a little over two weeks old and currently wakes up between 1.30 and 2.30 and then we wake up no later than 7 to do that feed. I'm just wanting to know, are we able to advance the four to eight week schedule or do you recommend sticking it to four weeks and then go to the four to eight week schedule I know there's an option to go to the 8 to 16 week schedule when at six weeks of age, but didn't know if there was an option to advance the four to eight week schedule. Thank you so much. And love's mom's on call. Uh, This is my second mom's on call baby. Hey, Lauren. So really the only difference between that two to four week routine and that four to eight week routine is that they're starting to stay up a little bit longer and we're beginning to shift bedtime earlier. So you can absolutely, because hey, let's face it, it's your second kid. We are ready to get to bed a little bit earlier. So go ahead, jump on to that four to six week or four to eight week routine. Go ahead and shift supper to 5.30, bath at eight, last feeding at 8.30. You're feeding on demand in the middle of the night. So you may have one, two, sometimes three feeds in the middle of the night, Um, but we are feeding on demand uh, at night once they're healthy and gaining that weight and past two weeks of age. Um, So you can shift over to that next routine. Just know that at two weeks of age, they may not stay up that whole hour, but your grace period will help with that. And really the difference in those two schedules, the two to four week and the four to eight week, is a half hour. We just pull that whole nighttime routine earlier by a half an hour. So, you know, it's really not this huge change. When you get to the eight to 16 week schedule, you'll have kind of a bigger jump. So yeah, this was a great question. Thank you for calling in. And we never tire of hearing, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth babies that are moms on call babies. So it works. And um, we're so, so happy that you asked that question. Hi, this is Anna from Orlando, Florida, and I'm calling first to thank you for your amazing books. My baby is currently four weeks old. Uh, For the last couple of nights, she's been sleeping uh, over six hours, so we're super, super happy about that. I am currently breastfeeding, and that was actually my question, is I wake up uh, regularly um, around the three-hour mark, 
with very engorged breasts and I just can't go back to sleep because I feel that I have to feed my baby or I have to breast pump. I would love to have some time to sleep for myself as well and not have to wake up every three hours because my breasts are about to explode. So uh, how can I just like sleep through the night? Thank you very much. Well, let me just say, I so remember that feeling. I can go back to that time 100% remember that feeling. And, you know, typically our bodies will adjust with those little ones. It takes about three days. And what this is where I really love the handheld pump. And all we want to do is just pump off enough. So as you said, you don't feel like you're going to explode. So we don't want to try and build up our supply at this time because our bodies respond to demand by time of day. So if we do a full feeding or a full pumping, what we're telling our bodies is, yeah, keep making a ton at this time of day. So if we just take off just enough so that you're comfortable, then after about three to five days, your body will start making less at that time of day. It will still keep up the supply for the other times where the demand is for a complete feeding. And so let us just say we are really dedicated for you to be able to get your sleep especially since your baby is sleeping well. Hey, Mom's on Call. My name is Sarah. I'm from Alabama. And my daughter, Lucy, recently graduated to the eight-week schedule. And she's been doing great going down at 7.30 p.m. She usually wakes up uh, around once or twice in the night for feeding. Um, But we've been struggling with decreasing her daytime naps from two hours to an hour and a half. I try and push it as much as I can by changing rooms, changing positions, engaging her, taking her outside. Um, But I was wondering if you had any tips for shortening those daytime naps so hopefully we can drop a nighttime feed. Thank you so much. I love your books and I enjoy the podcast. Sarah, so the good news is they can sleep up to two hours for those naps during the day. That's not impacting that nighttime sleep. And you have that 15-minute grace period on either side of the times that we're talking about. So we're going to, it's two steps forward and one step back. We're going to get to more no nights with feeds soon enough. So just hang in there, but allow, you know, you can definitely use distraction during the day. We talk about preschool centers almost. So it's five or 10 minutes of tummy time, five or 10 minutes on their back, five or 10 minutes of walking outside, five or 10 minutes of snuggling with them. But it's okay for them to sleep up to two hours for those naps during the day. It's like circuit training when you describe it that way. It's like taking your baby, you know, for their own little gym experience. They get to be at this position and that position and indoors and outdoors. And I know it seems like a lot of work right now, but the older that they get, the difference that it makes. Babies actually double their birth weight by the time they're four months old. So they're growing so fast and things change so fast that probably in about two weeks, This won't even be a question anymore. You'll see that they're really responding to all this really great hard work that you're doing. So keep up the good work. We love doing this podcast. We love getting to interact and hear your voices and your questions. So thank you for that. The struggle of brushing your kids' teeth can be so frustrating. I had four kids under five and chasing them to try to get their teeth brushed was exhausting. Did you know that you can start creating a routine for cleaning your infant's gums and or teeth as early as four months of age? 
Making it a part of your mom's on-call bedtime routine is the first step at creating those great habits. Brushies helps to make it fun. It is a training toothbrush that fits on your finger or their finger and is the only pediatric dentist-approved toothbrush for ages four months to four years of age. Brushies also comes with a book to help teach kids about the sugar bug and the brush puppet that helps to fight them. Brushies gift sets make a great baby shower gift. And thanks to Brushies, our listeners can use Moms on Call, all lowercase, for 15% off your Brushies purchase on their site, thebrushies.com. Our sponsor, Bobby Infant Formula, is such a wonderful, wonderful company. You've heard us talk to uh, Laura Modi from Bobby, and it is really wonderful. If you haven't, go back to that podcast as a special episode and listen to some of the things that we have an opportunity to celebrate together. The other thing we want to celebrate is you. So this awesome company, which is an organic infant formula They have a recipe that is modeled after EU nutritional guidelines while also meeting all FDA requirements for infant formula. And they're offering this 25% discount. Wow. On your first box of Bobby with code MOMSONCALL25 at HiBobby.com. Go to HiBobby.com and get your 25% discount and see if that's a good fit for you and your family. We are always taking your messages at 888-234-7979. If we didn't get to your question, you might be able to find the answers on our website, momsoncall.com. We like to end every episode of the podcast with something that's going to put a big smile on your face. We call it the good stuff. So Jennifer... We know that you are a Florida State gal, and one of the best stories that you've ever told me was about Bobby Bowden, him and something about footballs. (laughs) Well, when you have had the privilege just to meet some extraordinary people in your life, you always remember the impact that they had on you and the people around you. So yes, I did have the privilege of uh, getting to meet Bobby, hearing him speak on several occasions. And, you know, he was just such a huge influence in Tallahassee and way beyond. So one of the things that I always loved, and here's something that not everybody knew, but we knew it in Tallahassee, you could take a football and put it in Bobby Bowden's garage. They would keep the garage door open and you could just drop off whatever you wanted signed. It could be a football, it could be a jersey, but if you wanted him to sign something, you just left it there and then you'd come back in a few days and it would be there signed for you. So it's not like you got to sit and chat and visit, but it was just this really beautiful, extraordinary way that kind of the honor system worked and how he just harnessed that as part of just who he was in touching so many lives. And, uh, you know, we were driving around, even here where we live in Georgia, we'll often see little stands that have honey or tomatoes 
And they're just out there on the honor system with a little box where you can put in your money. So it's so great to know that the honor system still exists. Laura, where's somewhere around you that that where maybe you've seen that? We have about three little stands close to us that work on that basis with fresh veggies. And the other thing is the little library stands in some of our neighborhoods where people will put books that they've already read and you can swap out and leave books as well. So you know what? What can you do in your neighborhood to make a difference? Start today. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit MomsOnCall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey. We are so grateful for you. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a couple of minutes and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and tell everybody what you love about the show and spread the word. If you have parenting friends or people who are expecting in your life, grandparents, anybody that you think would really enjoy this material, let them know that the Moms on Call podcast is available for them for free wherever they listen to podcasts.